Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing Marvel's Runaways, Season 3, Episodes 6 through 10, the last half, the final half of the series. All that right after this ad that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Oh, Jeff Randall, let's talk some Runaways, my friend. I want to run away from this conversation. You want to run away from this conversation? I don't know, man. I feel, I feel like I feel like I'm nice. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's uh, not me. It's the show. Yeah. But first, as we always do, or as we are always doing, <laughs> we get a five star review off of iTunes. This one comes from Def Wre. Says, "Amazing. This is so good. You have made my life complete." After I started listening to this, I knew I could die peacefully. Also, bring Alyssa into the show. No. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. Uh, yeah, we should have Alyssa on more often for sure. I think they're talking about like full time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would be down with that. I don't think Alyssa would be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of up to her. I actually invite her all the time. Uh. Uh, you know, she's, when we're just hanging out and I have to go to a cast, I'm like, well, you can be on it if you want. And she's always like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I've got better things to do. She's like, I worked all day. I, I'll i be on it if you need me. <laughs> but if you've got Jeff, you guys do your thing. Like, all right. All right. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. we have a different dynamic than you guys do. Yeah. I, it'd be interesting to do a three-person podcast more often and get used to that dynamic. Because I've really only ever done two-person podcasts on a regular basis. And every one I've done has been a totally different feel to it. Like, you get yep. used to each other's rhythms and things. And uh, it'd be interesting to do one with a list, uh, or with three people. Um, but probably not this particular cast. I, I think we're going to be doing that more with the new show that we're, 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 we've got coming soon. Um, okay. Yeah. So, let's talk about Runaways. Runaways. You sound like you've got some negative thoughts. I've, I've, I've been harboring negative thoughts about the season. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that maybe there was a, a different showrunner or different writers or something like something that changed with the show with the with the the, the crew. I and it, I've been looking for it all morning. I haven't found anything. Uh, to to support my theory, right? Maybe I'm just crotchety. I don't know, but I just I have not. I didn't enjoy season three the same way that I enjoyed season one. Mm. And season three is it's just not been great for me. Yeah, I, I hear you. I didn't like the first half very much, and I thought the second half was a little silly, a little sillier. <laughs> Than than some, uh, like, yeah. I don't know. Um, having having uh, Morgan Le Fay in, in as the villain um, felt she just felt super mustache twirly, like on on a scale of like Power Rangers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that didn't feel like the show we were making. Even even Jonah and the Gaborum, uh, they're not mustache twirly. They they have a purpose of what they want to do, and it. They just don't care who they hurt. And this show really all along has been about 
the villains are people who don't care who they hurt. And that's like the, 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 the pride, you know, the first half of the first season was very much about pride and it's not the concept, but the, the organization and, um, (laughs) (laughs) not the, not the idea of pride. Yeah. Uh, and so pride as an organization they, they, they're not mustache toy. They're not just trying to do evil for evil's sake. They all just don't care who they hurt. And their sacrifice of a teenager every year to save Jonah's life was just like, you know, we have this end in mind and we don't care if they're not our, if they're not part of our immediate family, we just don't care if they get hurt. You know, it's, it seemed like, uh, you know, this guy is helping us to, to achieve our, you know, our goals in life, our, you know, business goals, whatever. Like, we're getting where we want to be because of this guy, and all he wants is to just occasionally eat some teenagers. (laughs) And as long as it's not my teenager, that's fine. (laughs) That's exactly it. And Jonah is like, I don't care if this earth is destroyed. Right. As long as I protect my family. It's all about family, really. It's all about your pride, right? Your little, your little pride. Yeah, <laughs> on out on the savanna. That's a good call. I think. I mean, th- that's what the story is. It's about who are you going to consider part of your family, and then how do you treat people outside of that group? And what makes the evil characters evil is that they don't care about people other than themselves. And I, I'm glad that pride finally got redeemed in the end, in a way. But I kind of wish it had been a little more split when they all just kind of come together in like a kumbaya manner and they just like <laughs> decide that they're going to like uh, if 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 we're going to get together as pride one more time, no one else get hurt. No one else gets hurt. I mean, <laughs> he says he says if we do one last job, it's like, what are you talking about? One last job. You're not like a criminal organization. You're not Ocean's Eleven. Well, they they kind of are. And, and that's the other, they, they, that's the other, they are a criminal organization and they are kind of Ocean's Eleven. Like they, they're Ocean's 10 because there's 10 of them or there were, um, there were 12. Okay. No, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There, there were 12. Two of them got killed like decades ago. Yes. Not decades, right? Like six years ago. When Molly, no, when Molly was, was little. Yeah. She's like, she was like four, but now she's only like 12. So it's not even a day. It's not decades. Either way. It was like a decade ago. I I can't remember how how young she was. I was thinking she was four or five when they disappeared, but maybe she was a little younger. The male member of the church was not actually part of pride and neither was Jonah. So there actually was 11 of them. (laughs) So, and, and, and Jonah's 11. Jonah. No, Jonah's 12. So Jonah was Terry Benedict. He was like the guy that they're trying to rob in the end. <laughs> uh, right? Hey, so this maybe this is Ocean's Eleven. Everybody has their own skill set. They're like a, a quippy team of people with all their own, uh, that are trying to achieve a goal. Uh, never mind. Okay, Matt, this, they're this, already trying to do too much in this season. <laughs> they tried to tell three different kinds of stories in this season, Matt. You can't also give me a heist movie. Stop yeah, that. I agree. Okay, so yeah, this movie, <laughs> this is definitely not a heist team, but they are a criminal organization. I, I just, the problem is with this last season is it everything turned pretty, uh, pretty simple. And when, when Pride makes their turn 
and they decide to be redeemed. Like there are certain pride characters that I really wanted to be redeemed. Like the uh, Gert's father, I really like him, and he, he he is the one. I'm glad he's the one that said the thing about not hurting other anyone because he's always been the guy with the most reservations about hurting people. I think it was Jeffrey that said that actually. Oh, Wilder. I, oh, Mister Wilder. Hmm. Okay, I may be wrong, but I. I thought it was Gert's dad that said that. Either way, they said they said nobody goes nobody gets hurt and then they commence to doing another job which it seems to me like they the way that they're talking about it is like you know if they're if they're getting together again to do one last heist or you know we're getting together again to make one last assassination or we're getting you know one of these things that's a movie trope. But they're not, the, Pride has never been any of that. Pride has been this organization that came together because of Jonah, and it's really just a, a, a shell corporation for them to occasionally gather some children. But it's not, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't land right for me when, okay. when, when he said it, like, one more job and nobody gets hurt, like, I, it, it well, I mean, they have been meeting and working together and like combining forces to do things for Jonah for lots of years. I don't, it doesn't seem like they just did the one thing a year, but it, it, regardless of that, I just think the turn to the good happened way too fast. Yeah. I think a lot of things this season happened too fast. Agreed. And then, uh, the, the, the thing that bothered me more than that is that they acted like they couldn't accomplish it, which that was the most out of character thing I've I've seen. Like they acted like their kids would be better at fighting Morgan Le Fay than they would be. And that has never been their attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like, Yeah, okay, we're gonna go do this Morgan Le Fay thing, but we're gonna support our kids. They're the key to getting this done. Specifically, they said, We don't have superpowers. What are we going to do? And I'm like, you're pride. You've been doing evil shit for like four actual decades and like working together. Some of you are like, you know, whatever, biologists. Some of you are tech geniuses. Some of you are magic geniuses. Like, yes, you're all, you all have superpowers. What are you talking about? That's the whole point of the show is that you're super villains and your kids are superheroes. Like, <sighs> One of you is stuck in and controlling the framework. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, sorry, the algorithm. Yeah, and 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 controlling parts of the internet and doing all kinds. Of, you got a robot AI lady running around in the internet. Like, <laughs> you all have superpowers of some sort. And and Wilder is just as like smart as Alex is, and just as like willing to. And as they say in this episode, willing to do the hard things that need to be done. Like. I did them not having superpowers made no sense to me. And then being like, we need to call our kids. Like that's never been their attitude ever. Like I could see them reluctantly being like, all right, we can't do this on our own. Our kids have proven themselves. Like that would have felt earned, but them being like, we don't have superpowers. We need to call our children was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a little, a little out of character, but you know, I've, that's been my complaint this uh, this whole season is that characters are making really really weird off the wall choices, and and making decisions that don't make sense based on you know what we've known about the characters before, and uh, that you know that just further fuels that fire. Yeah. Did you like that alliteration? 
Yeah, good. It was nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's talk about that way they ended the series, which they <sighs> they did a thing. They did a thing which I yeah. have been very proud of two other series for doing. Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation and Avengers: Endgame both end with a big time travel story where they show three different time periods. I mean, you saw that connection, right? Immediately? Yeah. Immediately when they started the time travel story as the final episode, I was like, oh, they're doing the end game thing. Yeah. Um, they're doing the all good things thing from Star Trek Next Generation. They're, they're showing us like kind of what could have been. Um, they're showing us what is currently happening, and they're showing us what the past to revisit the beginning as they end it. And I thought that was cool. That was very cool. This was very much directly out of those that playbook. Um, so that was neat, but I, I know this annoyed you. Uh, I think I'm a little less annoyed by it because I think I can headcanon it, but clearly they're using a different type of time travel here. Yeah, well, that's not what annoyed me, honestly. Oh, yeah? What, what annoyed me about it more than anything is that we had four or five, sorry, no, we had four episodes this season about getting the parents saved, sort of, or getting the aliens out of the parents. Yeah, which, by the way, I did not know had happened. You're right. <laughs> I, at the end of that episode, they, like, run away. If I remember correctly, the Gaborum, and I guess they were supposed to believe that was the parents running away, because everything we had been told up to that point... Did I miss something? Am I missing you something, did. or what did I the miss? The shadows, the shadows cascaded through the room and made everyone disappear. Like there was nobody left in that in that warehouse room when at the at the end of the episode when she cast Tenebrum. Um, okay, everyone was gone. There's that whole thing about how once you're a Gaborum, you can't. You're like unsavable, and they talk, they go really deep into that. And then they, yeah. I guess, just by sending them to the dark dimension, they extracted them. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I guess what we're supposed to believe is that once you go to the dark dimension, you get split from whatever is inhabiting you or something. Yeah, that was really not explained. I feel like <laughs> it wasn't. So I, I was fully expecting them to get out of the dark dimension and then us to still have four Gaborum running around. Uh, yeah. But they just closed that without really explaining it. And I mean, and maybe I'm, I was being thick. Maybe I missed it, but I was paying attention. <laughs> like I didn't, I thought, <laughs> thought we were I getting, was at least <laughs> I, I, on the last episode we talked about runaways. I was like, yeah, the Gaborum are still going to be running around. So we're still not going to get our the parents back, but then the right. parents were just back, and I was like, "What? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, the, we got four episodes of you know, get the Gaborum out, get the aliens out. Uh, we got the one episode of Dark Dimension Segway, and then we got four episodes about magic, kind of. Yeah, and then we get a, a time travel thing to fix the last episode yeah will, fix episode nine i will say the thing they did here is kind of similar to the pods that we're always loving about Ag what agents of shield did um it's it's the it's it's pods but with ending each pod with a weird uh extra episode which i don't really mind i i i, I like it. it was like a four episode run of one thing then they did one sort of one shot and they did a four episode run of another thing and they did a one shot like i i think that could have been a cool way of doing it i think i think the pods worked a lot better though with eight episodes yeah because that is with fair. with the six to eight episode pod format from season four of uh, of agents of shield we got it they, like they didn't have to rush the story 
Like with only four episodes, it felt like they had to rush through everything. So we had to rush through Morgan Le Fay. We had to rush through the aliens. And then uh, honestly, episode 10 felt like that could have been an entirely extra season. And it could have all been about this older chase coming back to try to save everybody. You know, this is our, our Reese from Terminator, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's dressed like Reese from Terminator too. He's, he's straight up dressed like Reese yeah, from Terminator. I loved that. <laughs> but Alex is in no way pulling off Schwarzenegger though. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole other, this whole extra episode at the end could have been a whole extra season of time travel shenanigans. I agree. And that would have been so much fun because they could have fully explored all of those different uh, all those different timelines that they had, all the different timelines that they wanted to to go through. But instead, they had to rush an entire season into one episode. Well, I think what happened, you can tell me what you think of this theory, but I think it's pretty <sighs> solid. I think the show got canceled because yeah. of the Marvel Studios takeover and like Mar- Marvel TV no longer existing. And this show wasn't going to get a final season or another season. And so they, they had to wrap it up. And here is my big evidence for that. And I think I'm right about this. I don't think the parents were available for filming that final episode. Every Hmm. shot of the parents in the final episode is a clip from the, it's a clip from episode nine. From yeah. episode nine, every one of them. So I think what they had to do, I think it's possible they even had an, a different episode ten in mind, or they even possibly episode nine was originally going to be how episode ten ended. You know, yeah. And then they had to be like, oh shit, we don't get another season if we don't wrap this up somehow. We have to just let it be a, a you know a cliffhanger ending for a show. So I think they just like wrote this final episode, took clips from episode nine, smushed them into an episode 10, then made it work. Yeah, that is a lot of what it looked like. But I honestly, given those parameters of what they had to work with, I think they kind of did a great job. I mean, it, The thing that annoys me is that it could have been a lot more fun than it was. It was pretty fun. The the time travel thing was was an interesting idea and I I I found myself at the end of it going, "Man, I really wanted that story." Like yeah. I really want that story a lot, but they only gave me an hour of it. And I feel cheated. I feel cheated out of it. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay, a couple of questions. What happened to the dark hold? In Agents of Shield, uh, it was taken by um, Ghost Rider. It was taken by by Robbie Robbie Reyes to a different dimension when he swooshed the the chain. Okay, because I knew we'd had references to the Dark Hold in this show, but I did not realize that they do have the Dark Hold currently. Like Morgan Le Fay yeah. has it. Oh wait, did Morgan Le Fay bring it back from that dimension? Is that what we're supposed to see? Because that's some pretty deep connectivity if Robbie Reyes took the book over to the Dark Dimension and left it, and Morgan Le Fay got it and used that power to get back to our universe. That's pretty cool. It could be that. I don't know, though. I, I don't know what we're supposed to believe in regard to that, because like we, ne- we didn't get told what dimension he went to. He just went to another one. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that's pretty good 
evidence for that, though. If if these are connected shows and that they use the Dark Hold in both, or they're just pulling the concept of the Dark Hold from Marvel Comics and not ignoring each other. Uh, but you know, it se- <laughs> it seems like that could have worked time wise. I mean, it looked like the same book, and it looked like it functioned the same way. Neat. We should write an article about that, because that's a pretty cool connection. <laughs> that is exactly the kind of article I, I get clickbaited all the time into, where it's like, <laughs> did you notice this very small connection between Runaways and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, <laughs> this is some deep connectivity. Uh, this is some deep hot, deep, hot, wet connectivity. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> they tried really hard to uh to let us know that they were a Disney property this time in in the sorry in the final episode cuz they were just you know did did you notice the the hard hitting like let's go let's send Alex to the new Star Wars hotel let's uh, we're going on a Disney cruise and we're going to have a long talk and Star Wars Hotel. Did they say Disney Cruise? Yeah, Carolina at the beginning of the episode said we're going to go on a Disney cruise wow. and have a long talk. Okay, the Star Wars Hotel, I didn't think about it because it, w- it fit his character and it was funny. But yep. the fact that she says Disney Cruise is a little yep. ridiculous. And the way that she said it was so... It was so marketing oh, crap. That, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I don't, I don't know. That just sucks. <laughs> as a as a Gen Xer, and I'm actually I'm actually a elder millennial, but as like a guy who grew up in the '90s when grunge like ruled my brain, like that kind of commercialization drives me nuts. And like I don't eat like as a millennial, uh, I kind of get it. Like you know, hey, if you can make our make good content, and part of the way you make good content is having an ad. Hey, we do that. That's fine. I get it. But, like, it just feels so bad to have it written into the dialogue of a TV show. It feels so... Yeah. Uh, it was pretty hammy. This is my plight as an elder millennial. I have to, like, <laughs> have both of those thoughts in my brain. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I had been calling myself a zennial, like a, a in-between kind of, yeah. you know, Gen X and millennial. But I like elder millennial. It, uh, it seems more regal. Yeah, it's from a it's from some it's a, from a lady stand up. She has a whole stand up called Elder Millennial on a. I can't remember her name though. She's uh, Alyssa's favorite, um, one of her favorite comedians. I'll uh, Google it. Yeah, Elder Millennial on Netflix. It's really good, actually. Okay. okay. Um, I'm gonna watch that later today. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so I really liked Alex in the final episode. Okay. Um because he was playing three different versions of himself and the way that the three different versions of himself were on the spectrum of being his dad. I loved it. He was doing, he was acting his ass off, honestly. Like he, he was inhabiting that, that final version of himself was so much his dad. Absolutely. And then the younger him still playing that younger him was like completely the, the Alex Wilder we all know. And then the you've Alex got, Wilder dweeb. Yeah. And then you've got this Alex in the middle that is somewhere between them. And I love that. They, I kind of love that they ended the series with Alex picking up the note from himself and not like throwing it away or burning it or whatever. Like he's still a threat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it gives us hope for that, uh, I mean, we've 
talked about it enough. Do we need, do we really need to, to say spoiler alert? No, I think well the show is over. So so I yeah, think we can talk about the comic now in full. Okay. So so if you so, if you've been cutting it off before the spoiler section, then this is this is, we can talk about this now. In the comics, Alex has been evil from the beginning. Like or has been planning to turn on his friends from the beginning. And yeah. the whole idea is that he wants everyone's powers and he gets everyone's powers. I think in I think there is a shot in the comic where he has literally absorbed everyone's powers. And it's like, oh, he's the big bad. And and that he is the big bad of the first run of comics. And he's been basically playing his friends of the other runaways. Um I kind of hated they didn't do it in the first and second season. It really annoyed me. But having yeah. seen this final episode, I kind of like what they did because they made it, instead of him just being a bad guy from the beginning, which is kind of mustache twirly, it made him a guy who has slowly transitioned into that. And I do like that, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I actually, if I'm not paying attention to the comic book story, which I loved, and I love the surprise of the, the comic book story, and I do think without the comic book knowledge, like, this is a little confusing almost, because Alex, there's just no evidence that Alex is sort of bad, and then you get that shot from um, Tandy's perspective, where she sees him standing there with all the powers, and it's like, oh, wait, is that what he, that's what he wants? It just kind of comes out of nowhere. That's which, his deepest desire? Which is nice, but then it comes out of nowhere and then it doesn't resolve. So I don't know. I'm really torn on comparing. If I, But if I don't do that, if I don't compare it to the comic, I actually do really like the way this sort of resolves. Yeah. I mean, it it's one of those things similar to uh, Days of Future Past where I have to like or no, not Days of Future Past, uh, First Class, X-Men First Class. I have to I have to put aside everything I know about the X-Men franchise as far as comic books. I have to set all of that aside, and then, then, only then, can I enjoy the movie for what it is. Right. So, it's roughly the same thing here with you for, for Alex. Um, and yeah. you finally know my pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't have that many comic books that I'm so connected to but this was one that really resonated with me about whatever 15 years ago when it came out and um yeah so yeah i have i feel your pain um yep. is there anything else <laughs> you want to touch on before we get into the feedback about runaways um what did you think of the uh, the one episode the one single episode of crossover between cloak and dagger oh and yeah runaways. we haven't really talked about it um i liked it i liked it it left me wanting so much more. Yeah. And they, they, they say, you know, next time you can come visit us. And I just, I want that. I want that to be a thing. And I'm, <laughs> they, you know, yeah. I was really kind of ready. We, you know, we, we, everybody heard us on that first five episodes. I was kind of ready to give up on this show completely. Uh, because I think the Gaborum first four or five episodes of this season are sort of trash. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of absolute garbage. The show sort of runs away from its own self. Ah. Like, yeah, it's no longer... Runaway. It's no longer about what the show was always about. Um, but these last five, they really did bring it back, I felt like. Now, I think Morgan Le Fay is silly. Um, because I don't... She just wants to break into our universe, but there's no, like... I mean, 
I guess she I could merge just... the two. She's she's effectively doing the same thing that Dormammu was doing. Yeah, that's fair. And it, it it's it kind of feels like you know oh it's already been done like go away Morgan Le Fay yeah Dormammu's already been taken care of. That's kind of how a lot of these sorts of villains are, and I guess it's fine. I think giving her such a human affect and a human face made it harder for her to be it made it sillier for her to have such a simple motivation like i wanted yeah. her to feel i wanted i wanted a little depth on morgan that's what i really wanted yeah well we we know that elizabeth hurley is a great actress and she can she can act her ass off at any given moment and especially in this sort of role she can be so sinister and she can be everything that morgan lefay honestly should be uh if you know, you know, her from the comics and, and you've experienced like even, even just talking mythologically speaking, um, from, uh, Celtic mythology, a lot of times the Morrigan, uh, is, is effectively what they were going for with Morgan Le Fay. Like it's such a, such a huge complex thing that, that could be done here that Elizabeth Hurley did not get to do. She was just written into this one singular purpose, this one singular one note thing, and it was it was frustrating. Yeah, because we had this huge name actress who's done you know all these great things. Like honestly, it felt a lot like she was just doing that Brendan Fraser movie over again. Uh, yeah, the, it did. You're right. Bedazzled, bedazzled. I liked bedazzled when I was young. Uh, probably because Elizabeth Hurley was pretty and I was young. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's a good call. She is, she's playing it on that level of silliness. And I, I just thought that I thought Morgan just didn't really work as, as a villain yeah. for this show specifically. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the devil character in Bedazzled was, that was what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be silly. It was a comedy. It's a comedy movie with comedy actors, mm-hmm. but when you bring that character, when you're, when, when your people say like, you know, you do you remember doing bedazzled? Like do that, but we're going to call it Morgan Le Fay. Like when it's that it's, you're rehashing a character that's not meant for this type of, this type of series or this type of show that just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't match. It doesn't mesh. Yeah. And I agree. She felt, it felt like a different, it felt like a different TV series going on with her around. Can I just say two things that I thought were really stupid in the final episode? Okay. And it kind of felt, and it goes to my theory that they wrote the first nine and then they had to add one to end the series. Um, and then they didn't pay attention to what was going on in the, in, in the episode nine. Uh, so there's a, a part where Gert decides to use the salt in in episode ten, when she's doing it again, when they're they're showing her doing it, and yeah. she decides to get the salt to go put around Morgan Le Fay, she says it as if it's an idea she had, which <laughs> the whole point of the thing they're doing was to trap her in the salt. This yep. is what they were there to do, was to get her and surround her with salt. And then Gert goes into the room and sees the uh, Mrs. Minoro, like, doing her little spell. And she says something like, we could trap her, or something like that. It's really stupid. Like, the, the whole point is you can trap her. Like, that's what you're doing here. I think it was that 
the way that I that I interpreted what was going on there, I know what you're talking about. It was kind of weird, but it, it seemed like she just off the cuff remembered about the salt. Like they were uh, they were thrown into the situation earlier than they wanted to be. I guess and that's she was true. like, oh shit, right, the salt. I guess like, that's true. We, they didn't know Morgan Le Fay was going to be in the house. They were make, preparing the salt for another time. It just yeah. felt weird because if you watch those two episodes back to back, it seems like that's the whole plan. Of course, someone's yeah. going to try to get the salt. <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems like as soon as Morgan Le Fay showed up, everyone's mind should have been immediate, especially Gert, who's very intelligent. Everyone would have been like, how can we get out of the situation? Oh, yeah, we have a plan for this. And instead yep. it was like, what? Oh, the salt. And then Chase has built over the course of what was it? Like eight years, a, a, a deliver a salt delivery system for like to put it on the floor from his pocket. Yeah, I, I liked that. I thought it was cute. <laughs> I thought it was cute because that like it was it was funny and and kind of quirky and exactly chase because that's that seems like that's his thought process is like how do i do what she had to do better like how do i how do i do it my way and deliver it the way that is is kind of subtle and can be automated you know yeah. in in a very chase way and it was a chase thing to do that to, was, to was. make this right. ankle delivery I system i liked that a lot yeah it was really great um so one what was your other thing uh, okay the, uh, speaking about Chase, this is not my other thing, but speaking about Chase okay. and Chase and Alex coming back in time, this show has been very deliberately feminist and giving the women on the show sort of agency over their own lives. That's a lot yeah. of what the characters have discussed to like leaving their parents. Even um, they're like, no, we're, we, we are our own women, particularly Gert, but also uh, Nico Um and, and and the other two females, well, Molly and I can't remember the other girl's name. Gosh. Carolina. Carolina. Thank you. They've all been pretty like, it's been very deliberately feminist. And it did feel a little weird for this show, the final episode, to be really two men battling over the past. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it kind of felt like all of the women were beat were like pawns in the men's game from the future, which just felt a little odd for this show. Yeah, I kind of it kind of felt like suddenly it was a show about a male villain and then a male hero who had come from the future and was trying to fix everything for the sort of uh, helpless females in the past. And, and you know, like that's a story you can tell. But for this show, it felt weird for a final episode. I, I almost felt like Chase should have died and Gert should have been the one to do all of this, you know? Well, I mean, maybe they can now. Since Future Chase died, and... That's true. Maybe Gert will go do it again. <laughs> so she can have two chases. Ooh la la. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, my other stupid thing. My other stupid thing. Yep. Nico disappears twice. <clears throat> yep. What yep. the... F yep. Read your own script, people. Nico yep. disappears after she tells younger Nico to, to love Carolina. To, to not be really, afraid to embrace to, love. Yeah, don't don't think that you can only have one or the other. Yes. So then she disappears. And then at the end of the episode, Carolina, Nico, and Gert hug each other as they disappear. Yeah. And did we even get a Molly disappearance? What do you mean? Molly should have disappeared too. But we didn't get it, did we? Well, no, it was it was Molly and Carolina and Nico. Oh, wasn't it? 
Wasn't it? Let me let me flip to it. I've got Hulu open right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tell tell me. I, I may be wrong, but the, then then what happened? Because there's only three of them. What happened to the other? Yeah, no, yeah. It's 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 um, it's Carolina and Nico and Molly all on the balcony. Carolina and Nico and Molly. Uh, well then, where's Gert? Oh, she's she's holding dead. Chase. No, Gert's not the, dead. These are the future people that came back. Oh, there you're, was you're no right. Future Gert. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay, so <laughs> you're right. I was I was putting Gert in that trio. Okay, but still, Nico disappears twice. Is my point. Yeah, that's that's the major uh, frustrating point. That is a flaw in the episode. That is a straight up plot hole. Unless, okay, I'm head cannoning because that's what I do. She didn't disappear because of the timeline. She teleported she herself. Cast a spell. Yeah, <laughs> she teleported herself over to where she needed to be. Like. But that's not what happened. I know I, I can head candidate, and it makes me feel better about the universe and it's and how it has, uh, you know, structure. But like, it it really pisses me off because they did the same effect. So it was her blinking out yeah. of existence, and <laughs> she blinked out of existence twice. Which means not only did someone write that in the script. No one read the script to the point where they paid attention to the fact that Nico disappeared twice. And then someone had to do a special effect. They had to sit for probably a week and work on a special effect where Nico disappears. And then they did it again. Twice. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't look like she, cause I just, I just rewatched it. It didn't look like she cast a spell to disappear. No. It looks like she cast a spell to kind of like make the things that she had just said more subtle, mind wipe or something, whatever, like to embed it in her past self's mind. And then as she touched her arm, she just kind of went invisible or disappeared or whatever. She looked to blink out of existence and it's the exact same special effect that was used on the trio of them sitting there. And basically everybody who, who blinked out of existence uh, in the, when the timeline reset or whatever the hell they're trying to say it was. Yeah. Uh, Also another problem is the decimation was not mentioned in in any way. (laughs) Oh yeah. The thing from season one. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Not the decimation. I'm talking about the blip. Oh yeah, the blip. That too. The blip was not mentioned in any way, which this was definitely made with time for Endgame to have been accounted for. Oh, yeah. um, and especially since he came from a dark future, they could have just set this so that he came from a dark future where they had all disappeared with the Thanos snap, uh, or you know what I mean, like or some of them had, and like he could talk about like the dark things that were going to happen to all of them or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, he could come from the dark, twisted, Thanos-ridden timeline and trying to fix things that happened beforehand, you know? I don't know. It, it's, it, 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 both the time travel mechanics and the fact that the blip is never mentioned is, like, kind of a big flaw for this being part of the MCU. So, again, with the finale of a season, they have shut this out of the MCU. <laughs> Yep. All right, guys. Well, that I think is it for us uh, <laughs> to talk about Runaways. We have a few like over half an hour of a few feedbacks. Just uh, over half an hour of us shitting on it. I don't. I mean, I didn't fully shit on it. I, there are things I, I liked. Didn't. Yeah, I guess you did. There are things <laughs> I really did like, and some acting was great. But there are things that just like 
it just feels like they rushed rushed to an end uh, with the final episode. But even before they had to rush to this final episode, there are things in the season that just don't fit the characterizations. And then they spend a sh- for a show that's been all about characters and building complex characters. And maybe I think one of the biggest flaws of this show is that it just has too many characters. So that like so the reason sometimes you use a simple villain is so that you can make the hero more interesting. So you can spend time on the hero. That's the Marvel formula. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the Marvel formula is have a villain who's just a, a guy you got to hit with a MacGuffin. And then that gives you the chance to really enhance your hero. That's what they do with their origin stories. This show from the very beginning had five heroes and nine villains. <laughs> And it was like that, and, and they tried to really flesh them all out and make them believable human characters, and that's just a big task. So, like, I, I commend yeah. what they tried to do, but then, and, and they they did it sort of hit or miss with those first two seasons, but with the third season, they just completely abandoned that attempt, and everyone <laughs> like, becomes simpler. You know the thing that we were trying to do? Screw that. <laughs> let's just let's just make a show where they fight magic. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't resonate with me. This season did not resonate with me as much as the previous ones did. <laughs> oh, man. Runaway season three, a show where they fight magic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, listen to this voicemail. We got a voicemail from Eric. Yeah. Here it goes. Hey, guys. This is Eric from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I was just calling to see what you guys thought about uh, the outfit that the new villain is wearing in Runaways Season 3. Um, I think it looks pretty bad. It's just like terrible CGI and the weird crow <laughs> outfit. It doesn't look threatening at all. And Yeah, kind of disappointed in it. I thought she was going to be a lot more badass than what she looks like. Anyways, just wondering what you guys thought. Have a good day. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's completely fair, Eric. It's very disappointing, <laughs> and I really just... It made me laugh when you said weird crows. Um, yeah, it not only I said I said Power Rangers y, and I meant completely like in her motivation. But yeah, she also kind of looks like a Power Rangers villain. She, <laughs> she kind of looks like Rita Repulsa, except not unattractive. It's a very very attractive Rita Repulsa. <laughs> yeah, sexy Rita Repulsa is her costume. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like something that you would find in a costume store. Yeah, sexy Slytherin Rita Repulsa is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, th- I, you know, I liked that Gert got to be her old self in the whole like, uh, you know, you're you're dressing weird, but you know, you do you. I just don't think that the cape is right. I think the cape's a bit too much, but still, you do you. Like that, that was so original, Gert. Yeah, to have that kind of conversation. <laughs> There was a lot of really good uh, interplay between who these characters are and kind of like where they started and where they ended. And that's what's beautiful about this kind of ending. It did feel directly pulled from the pages of Endgame. And when it, when Endgame did it and they referenced uh, the Next Generation ending, I thought, hey, that's so cool and clever. But part of it is because it's been 30 years. Right. Th- this happening like six months after Endgame feels a little too close. Like, it feels like, yeah. ooh, if you're going to steal, steal from further back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially, like, in a universe that you're supposed to exist in. Yeah. Like, oh, man, we just did that. Yeah. 
Mm. And then they did steal from further back. They they stole um, the devil from Bedazzled. That's true. That's fair. Literally. All right. Who else we got? Uh, let's see. We got Brian Medina said, hey, guys, love the podcast. The last half of the season was really enjoyable with many awesome dynamics and threads going through the story. Spoiler alert for the final episode. If we forget for a second that it's in the MCU and forget the rules of Endgame, it mm. was truly entertaining to watch this time travel mini story that some might think gives episode nine less meaning. And the Cloak and Dagger cameo episode was done perfectly. Keep up the good work. Sweet. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Brian. Um, I, everything Brian says here, I agree with. Like, I like all the stuff they did with the time travel story. It was cool. It was neat. You know I love a time travel story. Yeah. Um, my problems lie with sort of deeper into the season and the lack of characterization in parts. I, like, the story was was really fun. And this last episode was like a really cool adventure story. Uh, if it was not, it almost felt like a, like I would have preferred this to be a one shot. You know what I mean? Like this could have, this could have been, I mean, and, and who knows, maybe they'll bring back runaways on like a Disney plus. I doubt it. But mm. like this could be a season <laughs> ender. This could have been actually a really nice season ender. If I didn't think the show was over, this could have been a really nice season ender because yeah. now we've got a, the, the idea that Alex could be evil kind of planted it, it, yeah it's cool actually I, I think that might relate to what julie has to say here okay julie skags around says who else finished runaways i'm so mad that we won't have another season this ending was such a perfect setup for another season crying face emoji yeah that's i i think she's right there i think like this could have been a really good setup for a final season of this show but unfortunately but alas, I think, we're, I think we're done. I think that's it. So if we go with uh, my idea and your idea, this could have been two seasons. This could the show had two seasons left and it tried to pack them all down. Well, it, it eliminated one or it didn't give us one and packed the, the second to last one down into one episode. Because if right. the time travel story had happened and then, like, at the end, they set up, like, oh, evil Alex, or, you know, Alex falling into evil or whatever. Right. Like, we could have had both of those things. And I think that a perfect, a, a perfect end to this season to set up for the time travel thing would have been, like, Gert dies and everybody has her funeral like we get the last episode that is everybody dealing with it and you know the you get the funeral you get people being like oh yeah well I'm going to go to college because that seems like the right thing to do because I'm a kid and every kid should go to college um and then it does like a uh you know goes through that for every episode or every person and then we get 3 years later and it's or however many years later it is that that Nico has been away and you know, she's doing her thing in her apartment, and uh, she hears a knock at the door. She looks, she opens the door, and we only see it from her perspective, or not from her, we see it looking at her, and she's like, how did you know I'm here? And, you know, yada yada, her whole thing, and then gun shows up, and then when the gunshot happens, it goes to credits. Yikes. 
right? Would have been the best cliffhanger for the next season. Yeah. Uh, I can see it. I can see it. It definitely, uh, especially if she chooses love. And so this new Nika, they, they, they could have done an interesting thing, but it kind of, to me, smacks a little bit of what was wrong with heroes. So like, okay. the, 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 did you ever watch heroes? The show? I did. I did. My biggest problem with that show is they, they did it once in the first season. They did this thing where they show you what's going to happen. And then they go back and you, you, they have to stop it from happening. Like hero jumps into the future, I think, and sees something bad that's going to happen, or there's some sort of prophecy. And then they keep having to try to unravel it. And they already did that with season one of this show. And if they'd done that again, we're like, Nico gets shot. Oh, we, we stopped it from happening. And then at the end, like Nico almost gets shot again. It, it kind of has smacks of that, like, uh, keep showing the no, ending I'm, and then going back. I'm, mm. I'm saying not do the time travel episode at all in oh, episode I see, 10. I see. So this would be your, this, this would, that, that I see. Yeah, I got you. I'm yeah. sorry. I misunderstood. The, the setup that I had that I had just described would set up for that time travel season. I see. And we could stretch it all out into a good season. Yeah, that would be a... I gotcha. Yeah, you're right. That that would be a good uh, thing. I thought you meant they do all of this, the time travel. And she still gets shot. And th- <laughs> what, well, no, that's actually... That'd be the tragedy is like, what if she does get shot because she chose <gasps> love? You know? Oh, man. Like, yeah. she chose not to go train, so she can't stop that bullet. That's Ooh. what I was... That's what I was thinking with what you were talking about. That no, that happens at the end. Yeah, like to show the three seasons later. No, 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 that happens at the end of that of the time travel season, right? To show that, <laughs> to show that Alex is evil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. I'm sorry. No, no, I enjoyed it. All right, guys. Uh, sorry, I misunderstood it. Uh, well, it's guys, okay. we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast, gmail.com, or 573castmcu to leave those voicemails uh, like we got from Eric earlier. Thanks, Eric. Uh, and yeah, we're loving all the feedback we're getting from you guys, and uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming. Uh, we're going to do a news episode tomorrow, uh, but a spoiler for that news episode is that I'm, we're not going to talk about it now, but there's going to be a 2020 WandaVision is coming in 2020. We're going to get two, Adam, baby. two Disney Plus series in 2020. That's exciting. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow on tomorrow's cast. Um, we'll, but we'll be back with that. If you want to support the cast, go to patreon.com slash mcucast. You get early and ad-free access to the shows, plus other cool uh, benefits and such. So go check that out, patreon.com slash mcucast. We'll be back with you soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers.